Welcome to Equine Devil's Advocate. This episode is episode three of the podcast, and it is the conclusion to The Willing Participant. We're recording again and bringing this podcast to you from outside because it's a glorious afternoon and the sun is shining and there doesn't seem to be random chainsaw noises today. So let's hope that continues. Also, a very warm welcome to those of you who are new and have just joined us. And thank you. You are most welcome. So after Friday's follow-up, the question posed to you was, do opinions and judgments help you or hinder you? We all know that they seem to be an integral part of the horse world and come thick and fast from every angle, every direction. So how can we navigate our way through to the best outcome? We here, the Equine Devil's Advocate, are of course, we're a platform for discussion and for objective debate. So let's take the example of the pony, or the story you've heard, to investigate and consider some of the judgments and opinions I mentioned on Friday. I mean, let's face it, people, it would be extremely foolish to think that everyone else is wrong and everyone else is right. Yet knowledge is learning and understanding, and we cannot learn without drawing knowledge from other people. So, if you already feel bemused and confused and need to lie down in a darkened room with a brandy, aspirin, and a moist towel on your forehead, bear with me. Prick up your ears and let's develop some navigational skills. In this situation, the situation of the pony, um, we have every justification for somebody hearing the story to say, in my opinion, or my judgment of the situation is. That is perfectly, perfectly reasonable response. So let's take a look at each one in turn. The first possibility I mentioned was, it's a wrong'un. I've been in this game a long time. I can spot a wrong'un. Okay, respect, point taken. But what exactly is a wrong'un? And can it be a right'un? Also, have any of you ever noticed that when the relationship between a horse and its person takes a bit of a downward spiral, said horse always becomes named as it. Fascinating. So, is a wrong'un the bad apple in the barrel? Or is it just maybe a bit quirky? Or a little bit unusual? A little bit misunderstood? More importantly, how do I deduce this opinion to be the truth? And if it were the truth, what would I then do? At this point in the story, remember, I'm standing there like a lemon, watching the pony charge at me. So in conclusion to the wrong opinion, I would have to say it's way too soon to know for certain. So hold that thought, put it to one side. The second one was, it's not right in the head. Okay, well, what does that mean? Seek medical attention? Let's consider. Let's assess the situation and look at what's in front of us. Well, he seems to have all his faculties. He seems to be coordinated when moving at speed. 
His reflexes are quick when he stops. He is attentive. He pricks his ears, looks right at me. He's not lame or moving in a strange way. So again, I have to conclude it's way too soon to make this assumption. Put that thought to one side. Another possibility. It's just disrespectful and aggressive. Okay. At face value, possibly, yes. So again, let's be objective and assess the situation. This pony is tethered. I can see he has been moved. There are clearly defined circles where he's been grazing and then relocated. None of these circles are ground down to a ditch. I can see his droppings are regularly picked up and they're put to one side in the compost heap. I can see he has two large buckets of fresh clean water easily within his reach. Now, I'm not suggesting that we all don a deerstalker hat, start smoking a pipe and rename ourselves Sherlock. No, it's just if in considering an opinion, does everything stack up? Are all the ducks in a row? In this situation, they would not be. The same goes for it's not safe for children. That cannot be the case. I can see their bicycles. I can see their footballs and other toys. They're easily within his reach. Am I to assume that they've not been touched since the arrival of this pony? That would be somewhat doubtful. Now, if I continue with this train of thought and put my doubts to one side, should it be the case that he is indeed aggressive and disrespectful, realistically, how do I attend to this problem? There are no facilities here on the edge of Salisbury Plain. I have no round pen. I have no paddock. In fact, no borders of any kind, just the chain tether. Chances are, if I use the tether as my circle to work him, I'm going to be skipping over it every turn, which is going to do absolutely nothing for my body language, or, alternatively, trussed up in it like an anaconda's lunch. Then there's the trauma. It's traumatised. Well, what does trauma look like? Is there any evidence? Physically, I can see no scars, no abnormalities in his physique. Mentally, do I see tension in him? Do I see a pounding heart in his chest? Do I see a desire to flee, to run from me with tight haunches and a tucked-in tail? No. In fact, it's completely the opposite. Then, of course, there's the trauma of isolation. He should have company. Could it be this? Let's consider. Let's assess. Is he calling for company? Is he hot and sweaty with wide red nostrils from calling and calling and hearing no reply? Is he pawing endlessly at the ground with a foreleg in stress and confusion? Or has he gone to the other end of the spectrum where he's become disinterested and detached with a low head? No, he was grazing perfectly happily until I went to say, Hello, pony. And then there are many more things I can use to assess the situation. I can see his coat. It looks beautiful. There's a healthy silver sheen I can see in the sunshine. I can see his hooves. They're neat. 
they're trimmed, they look healthy. He's not too fat, nor is he too thin. And let's not forget, I've had a very good look at his teeth. A fabulous view, so I know quite clearly he's not aged or infirm. So perhaps then I'm left with, he doesn't like you. Well, my counter-argument should have to be, he doesn't know me. When he does know me, then of course he can decide whether he likes me or not. Or I can dismiss all opinions as utter nonsense, give them no consideration whatsoever and just wade in there with some implement and thoroughly spank his bottom. Whatever would that achieve? For me, it's not even worth considering. Now, all these observations, of course, are so helpful. But what do my eyes tell me? Each observation and appraisal and assessment can support an opinion and adequately allow me to disregard it or equally take it on board. Put that thought to one side if I need to or engage in that possibility if I need to. I can always come back to them. Every person who has something to offer may be right, but their right surely must come from their own experience. Something they've encountered or been taught or maybe even just been told. It's true, an opinion delivered with conviction in a strong and forceful way with confidence can make us people think, oh goodness, they must know what they're talking about. Yet maybe, people, maybe there is another way. Consider this. This is the option that hardly ever, if ever, gets mentioned. What do the eyes say? What does the look tell you? Indeed, have you ever been encouraged to look for the look, to engage with that subtle expression and let it be your guide? How it adapts and changes depending on mood, circumstance and activity. Of course, we always hear how important it is that the horse have a kind eye but can the eye always be that way? Surely not. Surely there's more to it. Is it not more realistic to know that the eye reflects the thoughts? The kindest, most gentle, sweetest horse can scowl at that bitey, blood-sucking fly that's just landed on it. The most detached, antisocial horse can light a smile in their eye when presented with a tasty treat. So can this be a better way to navigate ourselves through this abundance of judgments and thoughts that come from every angle? Can this help us to find that clarity we so desperately seek, where our head and our heart are united? Well, yes, the honesty in their eyes is where the truth lies. The eyes never lie. After all, it was the pony who showed me it was a game. He did it with that look, that back 
upward glance that look that explained his behaviour. It didn't contradict it. Have you ever thought or been encouraged to pay attention to the dwindling or brightening light in your horse's eye, to take notice of that altered expression, that visual mirror, how varied and changeable it can be? Well, perhaps it's time. It is said that the eyes are the windows to the soul. We here at Equine Devil's Advocate say they are most definitely the window to the thoughts. And so perhaps the greater knowledge and the answer lies within the horse itself. Let us know what are your thoughts. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, take care and we will speak soon.